you know, the greatest asset you have is you. You're never going to out earn you. You're never going to out earn your knowledge. So, uh, so that rather than investing in material stuff, I would just give you like an instant gratification. Once you invest in yourself, in your health, in your, um, in your health, in your mindset, in your education. And I don't mean informal education. I'm talking about, you know, self-education, which is, which is, will give you will lead to fortunes as Jim Rohn says, you know, so I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it, it needs to, people need to invest in themselves. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Sam, my man, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Caleb. So obviously, you have a lot going on in your world. Um, I have to say I'm a huge fan of health. Um, I, I see a chiropractic. I'm actually a big fan of the Atlas and all that mm-hmm. stuff. We, we don't have to go in the weeds there. Um, but the other thing is my dad um, has done a a ton of research has a, a PhD in molecular biology. So I grew up in a weird household where we, we talked a lot about healthy lifestyle. Uh, what I love about you is you have so many things going on. How would you share your story in like three or four minutes to kind of give people context of who you really are? And then what I'm hoping to do is really dive into um, how you think about number one, your number one asset, which is yourself and, the, and money and all that kind of good rich topics. Great question. I would say, you know, the way I the way I look at myself is an immigrant who came to the United States to escape the war and for a better opportunity, who faced so many obstacles in the way, but all the obstacles weren't in the way, they were the way. And um, and, uh, and through just persistence and resilience and stubbornness if you will, uh, was able to uh, make his passion, which is fitness, into his paycheck. And now not only his passion is, is his paycheck, but also his passion has helped hundreds of thousands of people you know, live a better life. I love that, man. Um, when, when it comes to, I know you talked about you being an immigrant coming in. I know there's a lot that has shaped who you are. Um, if you, and I know there's a lot to you, and the reason I like getting background is this will essentially be the foundation that you answer your questions on and how you're having an impact. I mean, dude, you're doing so many things. I, I had a, a moment today where I just started going through your social media and just watching all the things that you have, have been able to accomplish. Um, has there been anything as you look back on like parts of your life that you go like, I, you, you reference, it's because of, it's, it's not, it's not against you. It actually works for you. Um, what, what, anything more to your story that has, has shaped who you are and that's really relevant to what you're doing now? Oh my God, so many things. I don't know where to start, you know, but I would say one of the biggest things that shaped who I was, was when, when I got cut from the basketball team, you know, in, uh, in eighth grade and I was just new to this country and I went to my mom crying. I told her, I don't want to be in the United States anymore. I want to go home. You know, nobody likes me. I don't, you know, um, I'm getting called names and bullied and ridiculed. And my mom said three, three things to me. You know, first, she said, first of all, we can't go back. We can't as refugees, which is a concept of burning the boats. Yeah. Doing the best that you can with what you have right now. And then she also said something to me after that. She said, Sam, if you want to be a basketball player, you can. You just have to be, 
you have to be able to willing to put in the work. And then after that, she said, if you want to put in the work, let's put a plan together. And we put a plan together and we executed a plan. So those are, that, that was like a defining moment in my life where it kind of shaped me to this day, putting a plan together every single day I have a plan to this day. You know, every single day I get up and have a purpose. Every single day, you know, I'm like, hey, if I'm going to do something, I'm not going to give myself a way out. I will do it. I love it. I think let, let, if we can dive into having a plan, having a purpose every day, what does your morning routine look like? And how do you, what framework do you usually wake up with? And, and what do you do in the morning to really make sure that you maximize your, your, your day? So the, the, my morning routine starts the night before. You know, the night before is where I actually, you know, print out my schedule for the day. And I don't have it on my phone. I, just like, I love it to look at it like this because when I look at my phone notifications and all that kind of stuff kick in. So I want to look at it as a bird eye view of where I'm going to have to do next. So I print it out, put my clothes out for the gym the night before, you know, and kind of, kind of look at what I need to do. So I have an idea subconsciously what's, what, what I need to do, what I need to prepare for. So then, uh, you know, I get up at four in the morning. You know, and when I get up in the morning, first thing that I do, you know, I, I think about what I'm grateful for. And I jump in the pool, and I jump in the cold pool. And, um, you know, I take my vitamins and um, get dressed. I go to the gym. Five to about 6.30, I work out with weights. And 6.30 to about 8, I take the walk, uh, take the baby and the, and the dog for a walk. And then from 8 to about 3, I work. You know, I work from home. And then from three on, it's all family time. I love it, man. Um, talk about cold therapy. I'm a huge fan of this. I actually take a cold shower every morning. Um, I, it's, it's funny. I was just on a show this morning, and someone asked me about my morning routine. And I mentioned that as well as gratitude and journaling. Um, talk about that. And then um, also, a, I have another health hack question after that uh, sure. as well. Sure. Um, what was the question? about cold therapy oh well i think that um you know, when i talk to some of the, the most experts in the world you know they agree that the only way that your body is going to get better and your mind is to be able to give it controlled stress you know and whenever you you know i mean think about it i mean uh look at you know you know we work out and we get these calluses right the reason you have these calluses is for your you know for your uh, body to you know be able to protect it from the heavy weight that you're going to be able to do. And when you do that to your body, it cold, that cold therapy it kind of gives you, it gives you acute stress, you know, and then your body has to get stronger. Your immune system has to build up to be able to combat that. You know, even, you know, not, not just cold therapy, even hot therapy. Hot therapy, you know, you know, you know being, you know, being a sauna, it's, it's been proven, you know, to, to make you better and, and, and make it up. But, you can do both. I do both. Actually, I jump in the cold pool, then I jump in the hot sauna, then I jump in the cold pool, and I jump in the hot sauna. So I take it, I take it a step further than that. So I call it shock therapy. I, I love it. And I, there's a lot there. And if you're listening to this or watching this, like I would just encourage you to do the research because on my list is the sauna and, and just that cold and hot is definitely um, huge. One of the things, one question that I ask um, people that are in your space that are super passionate about health is if all you had is $10,000, and we're not talking about the diet of what you're eating, if all you had is $10,000, where what would you invest in as it relates to biohacking your body? 
If I had ten thousand dollars and I had to invest in biohacking, right? Where would I want to invest? Oh God, that's a great question. Nobody's ever asked me that question before. You know, uh, gosh, but gosh, I, I would do it so many different ways. But I would love to invest in you know in hacking sleep. You know, you know, because I think the whole science of it, we still don't know everything that happens during sleep. You know, uh, especially you know when um, you know we want we're talking about stage four and REM sleep and all the recuperative uh, things that it brings to you. I think that's huge. Obviously, man, diet is, oh, diet is also another thing. And then how to how to balance between uh, you know cell autophagy, you know, and also be able to grow muscles. You know what I mean? You know, because yeah. it's kind of like two different worlds. Yeah. I, when it comes to sleep, any, any insights to like how much sleep do you get? What do you make sure? Because this is something that I've been doing more and more research. And there's like two camps of thought. There's like the miracle morning thought where it's like, get up an hour earlier. And I know you're early riser. Um, but then there's also a lot like, listen, sleep is so important. It's one of these magical things. So where, how do you describe sleep? And I know that's, it's one thing that you said that you would invest in. How, how do you, what are your routines look like right now? So um, right now I get about seven hours of sleep. I go to bed at nine, I get up at four, you know? Um, and I know if I'm getting the right amount of sleep, if I get up and like, did I dream, right? Because at least I know I had that REM sleep, which we all need. And if I dreamt all night, then I know I got real good sleep. You know what I mean? And if I didn't dream that night, and I'm like, oh, you know what? Something was off with my sleep. And you know you got good sleep when you wake up and you actually have a hard time getting up. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's when you know you went to deep sleep. Because if you're, if you're on a light sleeper, you get up, you get right up. Yeah. Right? But if you get up, you're like, oh, man, gosh, it's time to get up already. That's when that means you were in deep sleep and you had them REM sleep. So that's, that's, that's kind of, you know, slowly how to gauge because, because you want to make sure that you're dreaming because that's where REM sleep, that's, that's where all the – uh, recuperation happens, especially for your central nervous system and your brain, you know, and um, yeah, man, I think if I had to go from, there's no, there's no camps, you know, you know, at different times in your life, you want to do different things. When I was younger, um, I was willing to sacrifice sleep for, for money, getting up and hustling and making money and stuff like that. Right now, I'm not, you know, I don't. You know, right now I'm at a point in my life that uh, I want to make sure that I get plenty of sleep because I want to make sure I'm my, my best for my children. You know, if I'm really tired and I'm a little grumpy because I didn't get enough sleep, I'm not running my best for my family either. So I want to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm on peak state, not only just to make money, but also, you know, be around family and be around loved ones. Um, before I, we jump into the whole money conversation, because obviously this is the Better Wolf podcast. I love hearing people's hacks as it relates to how they think about their money and what they're doing. Um, can you give a, an overview of what Camp Transformation Center is? Because I know that you're a co-founder of that. Yeah, Camp Transformation Center is, is our brainchild. You know, me and my business partner, we came up with after the recession. After the recession, we were doing one-on-one -on -one personal training. Nobody could afford it at that time. Nobody could afford four, five, six, eight hundred dollars so we came up with group training concepts and we came up with a proprietary weight loss challenge. And right now we have over a hundred locations and uh, we have helped over a hundred thousand people, you know, get in great shape and lose weight and transform their body. 
It's that's that's incredible. And there's a lot that we could go into there. I'm tempted to, but due to time, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to the whole money thing. Um, so being a, a a multi-million dollar entrepreneur, I think that's really interesting. But what I also find interesting is you have strong boundaries. I mean, one thing that caught my eye is you're you're able to check off of work, and which is really interesting because I, I am in a season of my life where it's hard for me to do that. So that there's something I can learn there. Um, but when it comes to wealth, if someone comes to you and says, "Hey," I want to learn the secret of how to become wealthy. How do you start having that conversation? What, what framework, what paradigm, where do you begin with that person? So the first thing um, we have to do if you want to get wealthy, we have to start building a good relationship with money. You know, because if you don't have a good relationship with money, then no matter what you do, you won't have a, uh, you won't build wealth. Okay. So, you know, for, for many years, I didn't have a good relationship with money because I was so poor. You know, for me, uh, material stuff meant success. You know, for me, well, you know, the Ferrari meant success. You know, the, the, the uh, designer stuff, made, you know, uh, meant success. Once you understand that, you know, money is just equals freedom. You know, basically everybody wants money. The reason you want money is not because you want Lamborghini. It's not like because you want you know, uh, this and that, or, or you, you want the jewelry or you want the Rolex. The reason you re everybody really wants money is because they don't want to be a slave. You know, they want to have freedom. Once you establish that, then you come up with a plan. And you have to be a balanced plan. It has to be a balanced plan between kind of like, hey, man, you know, I, I'm actually enjoying the fruits of my labor and also are, I'm strategic enough to put some money away, you know, and, and invest money and, and, and put money away for a rainy day. You know, and that, that and that's where people get kind of kind of mess up. We live in a in a capitalistic society where uh, and we live in a very materialistic society yeah. where everybody just looks at, oh, my God, you know, you know, I have iPhone 10, but I need the new one. It just came out. You know, uh, hey, you know, I have, you know, 20 pairs of shoes, but I need another one. You know, and once you are comfortable with just being you and not really pleasing everybody else and, you know, not living for the outside world and living for you and your future. That's when you kind of give yourself permission to have freedom and do the right thing with money and money. You know, a lot of people, we want to make money. We want to make money. We want to make money. We want to make money and making money and, and building a business. is kind of like the same thing, right? Build a business. What do you want to do? When you want to, when you want to build a business, you want to get in more, get in more customers than you lose, yeah. right? And so you can build. You know, you kind of fill out the bathtub. Right. And you know, building wealth. You know, you want to, you want to get in more money than you spend. You know, so this way you can build that kind of bathtub up, right? Right. And most people just want to make more money, make more money. But the problem is when they make money, they start spending more. So if they say, let's just say they they make ten thousand dollars a month. They spend, you know, nine thousand or ten thousand. They 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 spend. They give, they make twenty thousand. They spend nineteen thousand, whatever. So that's why, you know, I forgot the exact statistics, but I I, I heard like some when, when you're sixty five, like ninety percent of Americans don't have a thousand dollars in their bank account. Yeah, you know, that's I, bad. I don't, I, I don't know the exact statistics, but it's something bad like that. You know, uh, I forgot the exact you know numbers, and so it's kind of it's kind of uh, sad when. You've been in the greatest country in the world, you know, for 65 years and all you did is consume yeah. you, and, and you have nothing to show for it, yeah. you know, and um, one of the greatest books that I've read and 
is, is called a marshmallow test. I and mean, I think you know about that, what that means. You know, marshmallow test is basically a test they did in Stanford in the, in the 40s and, you know, showing that delay gratification is the key to success. And I can't agree with that more. Now, if you're able to delay gratification, delay gratification means giving up something that you want now for something greater later. And that's the real key success in life. So the way you build wealth is obviously increasing your skills, solving big problems so that you can demand the most amount of money. You know, who, a person that solves a big problem, that's the person who makes money. Yeah. Right? So when you solve a problem and you figure out what people want, what problem can you solve for people, that how, how can you help people? The more people you help, the more money you make. The bigger problem you solve, the bigger money you make. You make that money and then you balance it with, hey, man, I make the money. But that doesn't mean I got to go throw it out. I mean, it's not burning home at all. Let me invest it. Let me do the right thing for it. Let me save it. That's how you really build yeah. wealth. Yeah, I love that answer. We've had multiple people on the show talk about value, talk about um, that money follows value. And I love how you answered that in a way, you didn't even say value, but you, you said it. And that's so key. And then the other thing about mindset, you use the word consumption and a lot of people just are making money to consume. We actually have a tool at Better Wealth that shows you the difference between how much you're saving and how much you're consuming. And then we show you on a graph when you factor in inflation, how much money you just need to make just to keep with your, with your current consumption. Yeah. What we find is majority of people, 98% of people that we look into run out of money, like literally run out of money at a future date because that, that ratio is so out of whack. And what's interesting is you can factor 3% inflation rate, which is, which is quite high and when you factor that over your life, but in lifestyle, lifestyle inflation is like blows it out of the water. Yeah. You know, I call, I call, I have something I call the EVE ratio. You know, that's education versus entertainment. Okay, you know, and if you're lopsided and you're spending more time, you know, entertainment and education or, 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 or doing something that will better your future, then you're lopsided as well. Yeah. So the EVE ratio is education versus entertainment. I, I love it. I love it. And I want to just challenge the people watching this or listening to this is like, where, where do you fall on that? Um, so what I want to do is go through our four principles and I would love to get a, an idea of, of your comments or, or, or your advice on each principle. So principle number one of better wealth is you are your greatest asset. So I believe wholeheartedly that people should be investing in themselves and most people in the way that they think about their life are devaluing their number one asset. When it comes to investing in yourself, I know that's such a cliche statement. How would you recommend somebody start with how in the world do you invest in yourself and make sure that you are not devaluing the number one uh, person in your life? It's a great question. And, it's, I, and I cannot agree with it more. You know, um, I see it all the time. I see, you know, I, you know, I see people coming in with a Range Rover and a Louis Vuitton bag or a Gucci bag, but they don't want to invest in a gym membership, but they're overweight, out of shape, you know, and literally borderline diabetes and high blood pressure. So, um, you know, the greatest asset you have is you. You're never going to out-earn you. You're never going to out-earn your knowledge. So, uh, so that rather than investing in material stuff, I would just give you like an instant gratification. Once you invest in yourself, in your health, in your, um, in your health, in your mindset, in your education. And I don't mean informal education. I'm talking about, you know, self-education, which, is, which is, will give you, will lead to fortunes, as Jim Rohn says. 
you know, so I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it, it needs to, people need to invest in themselves. And I learned that, you know, gosh, you know, I, I, I talk to young guys like you and I, I, I'm just so impressed because I didn't even know that concept since I was 32. Wow. I didn't even know that concept since I was 32. You know, you know it, it's funny. I, I, I was the guy who was running around, you know, with, you know, a, you know, $3,000 rims on his cars. You know, and 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 it, and and a three thousand dollars stereo system, you know. But I wasn't buying books, you know. And and um, so once I educated myself, and thank God, I was I'm always constantly trying to improve. I'm like, man, but I see guys like you now. You you know, you guys at this age at this stage, you guys are already onto that. Gosh, man, you know, this this life is for you to lose. I love that. I love that. The second principle is all about efficiency. A lot of people in the financial space want to look at products, but I, I want people to take a step back and start analyzing what's going on. And so I believe that you can be efficient and optimize three areas of your life when it comes to your money, your cash flow, your assets, and the debts that you currently have. When it comes to helping people optimize their cash flow, assets, and debts, is there any hacks, any thoughts as it relates to what you've been doing in your life in that area? For me, cash flow, you know, um, is obviously, you know, we, we all know increasing your skills and make more money, okay? But things that what we don't do is all the little BS that you don't think adds up, okay? And I think, you know, everybody recommends, every financial book that I've read sometimes recommends, hey, man, you know, cut out your credit card, cut out one of your credit card and just, you know, just so you don't have it and, and, and just cancel it and just see how many recurring stuff you got that you don't really need. You know what I mean? And I still do that every, every once in a while. You know, this little 19 bucks, little 29 bucks, little nine bucks, little 10 bucks, all that stuff adds up. Yep. You know, and it's not like the money that you, you save, that, that you gain, it's the money that you save and you did it invest, which can compound through so much more money than you didn't, you didn't have. So, so that's a little hack as far as cash flows is concerned. The little hack that I've done with, um, with my children and myself is as soon as my children were born, my, my children were born, I uh, started a, a investment account and a 529 account for them. And automatically each month, a certain amount of money goes to each children. I don't even have control or a way to stop it. I don't even have the password to those accounts. I have it somewhere, but I, I, just, I just don't know where it is. You know, so I can't even stop it. So over the years now, you know, they have accumulated a significant amount of money for the future. You know, sometimes you have to put systems in place to get out of your own way. Yep. God, God knows there was a couple of times, man, I was like, man, I could use that money. But I'm like, I can't. I don't have it. I don't know it. It's gone. Yep. You know, and um, as far as assets are concerned, and it- um, I totally believe that you have to have a balanced approach between savings, assets, and cash flow. Now, Assets to me needs to be real assets. And there's a lot of different controversies. Like if it's, it's a house, the asset, is this an asset? Is that that has assets? Some, some people, you know, like Grant Cardone says, all right, man, no, don't, don't own a home, you know, and, you know, you know, kind of, you know, rent your place and just own buildings and all that kind of stuff. Well, I love Grant, but I don't think everything he, said, he says is gospel. I would like to have a home that I own free and clear because I like to know if hell freezes over, my kids don't have to move. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's those three. 
Was, thank you. Thank you for that. So the third principle is all about being consistent. And, and I talk about consistency and what I do for the audience is I take C squared. And a lot of times we need to be consistent over time, which is compounding. But then we also have to be consistent short term, which is control. And I bet your wealth is not created by compound interest. It was, be, it was created by control. But the compound effect of you making decisions every single day have, have been really powerful. And it's, it's evident that you're totally dominating. Um, when it comes to the principle of consistency as it relates to your money on a long-term and short-term basis, anything there? Absolutely. And I give you, I give you like my, my kids 529 account for an example that we're talking about, right? So I consistently put a, you know, a couple of thousand dollars a month for each kid, right? And they each have about, um, or they each have about $400,000 in their account, right? But from the coronavirus, you know, they took a dip, right? So I think I lost about a hundred, we lost about a hundred thousand dollars there. But when I look at how much I put in versus how much the money it has, the compound is already is greater than what I put in still, even right. at, the work, at the worst condition. So to me, you said, you said something that it made a lot of sense to me, you know, and, and it, it, the compound effect. And I know you read the book. Have you read the book? I know you yeah. read the book, you know? So Darren Hardy, you know, interview some of the top performers, whether it's financial, business, or athletes. And they found out that small things over time leads to big results, what you talked about. Yep. And, and he also talks about um, that it could be anything that you do is you're not just staying still, you're either compounding head or it's working against you. And I think that's very true as it relates to your money and as it relates to the way that you spend your time and how you think. Finally, um, we believe that your greatest financial need is using money. It's might be, it's, it's counterintuitive to a lot of what people think, but what are you investing in now when it comes to helping you get the kind of results that you want? Like, how are you using your money? How are you thinking about it? And what investments are you making where you're seeing massive results? So right now, the investment I'm doing a lot, a lot of is flipping real estate. You know, um, so I've been doing that for, for a while. You know, um, and right now, you know, I'm investing money in stocks. You know, stock market is down compared to what it was a few years ago. It's just a matter of time. I've learned, I've learned you know, if you look at the history, it has a blueprint. It has a blueprint. Warren Buffett says that, you know, some new investors every so often learn a very old lesson <laughs> because they don't see the ups and downs in the economy. Yeah. And you have to understand something about economy when going is good it's not always going to be good yeah. and when things are bad it's not always going to be bad yeah yeah 100 percent. i love i love that how much are you investing in your business compared to other investments i'm investing always a lot more in my business you know because your business is what you know the best yeah you know so so uh, i know that if i invest X amount of dollars in my business, it's going to give me a highest return on investment than any other company or stocks because I'm running the business. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm glad that you pointed that out because that's, that's something that I've seen a lot of business owners um, say one thing, but do the exact opposite with their money. And there's not, it's not, there's not a blueprint, but I think there's a lot of businesses that are underfunded and uh, it's just, it just shows you like where, what, where are your beliefs really held 
And I just find that interesting. Um, as we wrap up, how, how do you define better wealth? Better wealth? That's a great question. I, say, I think better wealth is about being balanced, about not only having money, but having peace of mind, having freedom, because you, you invested in your wealth and you, you invested in a way that, that serves you. I know so many wealthy people that don't have peace of mind. I mean, I, I know so many people that are just always constantly, you know, their mind is working, their mind, and there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, wealth and success means freedom. Like you were telling me before, like, you know, obviously you're young right now, you're in your building season, right? And I encourage you to always build right now and, and, and be able to you know, do what you need to do right now to get. And I was once like you. I was just once like you. I was always going, always going, always going. But at this stage of my life, I want to be able to turn it off. You know, right after you have another interview and right after that is, my, is I have to go pick up my daughter after to school and take her to soccer, swimming. And guess what? My, my phone's going to be off. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not going to be in the soccer on my phone because I want her to watch, me, watch her watch me look at her, yeah. you know, and uh, to me, that's what, that's what better wealth is all about. Yeah. I love that. And it is, you said it earlier in this interview too, it's freedom. I think that's what people really want and they can't articulate that. Um, but, but what I find is like, if you don't have clarity on where you want to go, a lot of times you're on this treadmill, you're chasing the wrong thing. There's something to think about. Um, last question, you're, you're with the, your family, the people that you love the most, and you know that this is your last day on earth, and you have one last conversation. Where are you going to make sure to share in that last conversation with your loved ones in all the things that you've learned up until now in your life? Regarding finances or regarding Just life? Yeah, this, yeah. If I have to, you know, I, this is something that I tell my children all the time. This is really simple, but it's very basic. You know what I mean? Very basic. And I always tell them, treat people like you want to be treated. You know, and I think if everybody does that, everybody, you know, you know, when you're talking to someone, put yourself into other person's. Do I like the tone? Do I like my voice? Do what I do? You know, and if you just do that, I think the world will be such a better, better place. Yeah. I love that, man. I love that. How can people find out more about what you're doing? follow your work and, and get just tapped into the work that you're doing. No, oh, I appreciate it, man. You know, you can just Google my name. All my social media handles are the same. Sam Bakhtiar, B-A-K-H-T-I-A-R. I also have a community line that can text me directly at 909-200-4015. I love that, man. You won't be responding when you're on the soccer field, but I, I appreciate, I appreciate the heart that you're, that you come. And like, I think there's so much to learn and there's a common theme and all the people that I've, I've interviewed that have had success is they have crystal clarity on their life. They're investing in themselves in the way that you just sleep and the way that you eat, the way that you work out. Um, but you're also holding really true to your family and the people that are most important to you. And you understand this idea of value, buying low, selling high. And it's all the same stuff. And it's just, it's communicated in different ways. And I really appreciate your time and the work that you, that you have and how you show up. No, I appreciate you, Caleb. Thank you for having me on the show. And thank you for doing what you're doing for the community. And gosh, man, thank you for being such a young man with such a high aspirations. And, 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 and gosh, man, I wish I was like you when I was your age. So God bless. Thank you so much.
Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.